Hello from Awakenai country, this is Tim McCardle, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardle's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. All right, next up on the podcast this week, I'm excited to continue to spotlight some of our awesome projects and curriculum that are happening here within our building. Uh, And this week, we're putting the spotlight on our eighth grade technology course and focusing on the recent project uh, that they had on the launcher. And I have two uh, great knights here with me. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and then we'll jump into some questions. Uh, hi, I am Wyatt Draper, and I'm in uh, I'm in eighth grade. I'm Molly Osterman, and I'm in eighth grade. So let's, uh, Molly. I'll start with you. Talk to me about just kind of this this project. Like, what what was the initial what you had to do? Um, you know, to you know, what was that? What was that learning uh, target, the goal, or, or or the project? You know, from the beginning before you even started. We had to like sketch out a whole plan to actually build it, and then we had to make an inventor on it, which is on the computer, and it's like a visual representation of what it was going to be later on. And then we had to figure out our parts list and get all of the materials we needed, and then we just went on to build it, which was pretty easy. So why, you know, as far as the design part of this, was this a collaborative piece? Because there was a group, uh, you guys were in a group of three. Right. Was this a collaborative, or did you each have to design your own, then go from there? Talk about that process. Well, like she was saying, we had to sketch in the beginning, and um, that was actually one of our homework assignments. We had to go home, uh, make a sketch for the project, and then when we came back the next day, um, we all showed each other our sketches, and then we all made agreements on what we thought was the best measurements, and eventually we went into the lab and we just made it. Awesome. Now, you know, this this project kind of really pushes you guys on a lot of different skills. I mean, there's, you know, multiple skills that you're having to rely on to be successful, um, you know, with with, within this project. Um, Molly, talk about some of what what some of those skills are that that you had to rely on, whether it might be drawing or math or or any of those things that that you had to use. Um, You really kind of had to pay attention a lot to specific things because if you even messed up like small measurements or measured something wrong then your entire project would be like off and off-centered and would end up being weird so it took a lot of math and like just overall paying attention to everything so accuracy is obviously was was really key and Wyatt have you ever done anything where you actually had to you know sketch it out and then you actually put it you know into a, a, a computer program and then took it from there and actually brought it to life was this a first experience that you've had with that type of a process no this was a first for me and um we needed to be very patient because like she said um one small measurement off your whole entire project's going to be over and um a few things kept breaking like our dowel kept breaking so we needed to make another piece for it i think we redid our dowel actually like four times so it took a lot of patience so once you got in once you got into that building phase you kind of talked about some of the the struggles like how is it, Molly, that, you know, you guys have to, you know, be patient and really kind of, you know, you, you know um, what's the word I want to use, uh, analyze the performance of, of your actual launcher? Like, what are the keys there to, to really make those, those changes? Well, uh, it, it really did take a lot to do that. And we had to work together really hard to 
we like make that process and get to where we were. So, you know, it, it did take a lot. And why, as far as some of those major changes that you maybe made, you talked about the doll. Um, I'm looking at this right now. You have, you have the rubber bands, you have the launcher, the dolls. You know, what, what was some of the strategy in this design and what were you trying to accomplish? Well, um, a few times we added some rubber bands to give it more power. If it had too much power, we took off some rubber bands. We moved around the dowel, so the launching point changed. And, um, yeah, we just kept making little changes that changed the aerodynamics of the ball. So the goal of this, uh, of this project is, is to create this launcher that sends a, uh, a, a, a ball or a hacky sack, right, right. Uh, you know, across the, the shop into a bullseye area so in the center of the bullseye is 100 points and then there's there's rings around at 75 50 25 and then zero if, if you don't do it um molly talk to us about how you're actually scored and graded in the actual competition um basically you shoot 10 times and then once it's all added up you get a total and you do that three times and then once you have all three times you add them together and then divide them by three to get your average and that's your overall score. And Wyatt, talk to us about how this actually performed for you guys. It performed pretty well. Um, we were we had some of the better grades in like uh, in our practice shots, but when it got to the actual test, we averaged a three eighty three, and a three fifty was a one hundred, and so we passed. But it it was like it was an average score, but it it was performing pretty well. So it's pretty cool to see these guys in action with this because the competition is, is always high down there, um, you know, when it comes to the launcher day. Um, we did showcase some of that on our social media uh, last week. And I think, you know, the cool thing is, is that Mr. Deach, you know, has, uh, you know, maintains good records over the years and has numbers for, you know, you guys to attain and try to, you know, try to beat. You know, the records, unfortunately, this year, eighth grade, uh, you know, did not break. Uh, but uh, came very close, and it was some really cool different uh, things. Talk about some of the different uh, designs that you guys maybe saw and were kind of like, geez, I think we could have, you know, maybe we could have tried that, or wow, I would have never thought of that. Any, either of you guys can answer this one. I saw, I saw one, it was two of my friends, they made one. It was like a slingshot type thing, and it, it was the only one of its kind, um, it was very hard to control. You had to practice a lot with it. I think the catapult type design that most people did, we did, um, was a lot simpler and easier to do, and it tended to be more accurate. And I also saw another one that um, she made at home. It was metal, and it was it was actually really cool. But you can tell that took a lot of time to make. How about you, Molly? A lot of designs were very similar, actually. Like most had like different ways they were built and different designs, but almost everything was the exact same. There were only two or three that were really different. Yeah, I, I saw the metal one. That was really cool, uh -huh. I, and I and I also saw the other one that you're talking about. And I think, yeah, I think really the you know the 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 success rate that I've seen over the years is really coming down to the you know to the rubber band, and then obviously like how far back. You know, like, where are you going to, like, place it to mm -hmm. get that consistency? I mean, would you guys agree with that? I mean, where would you, you know, found, where would you follow up with that? It's, it's very important, and it's pretty hard because the more rubber bands you have, the less you need to pull back. The less rubber bands you have, the more you need to pull back. But for us, um, we, we have a lot of rubber bands on ours, so we didn't need to pull ours too far back. But it was still very hard to find that, you know, 
perfect point to pull it back to. It took a lot of time. Now, Molly, uh, talk about Mr. Deach. You know, how, how important is he in helping you guys during this and his knowledge and just kind of his, his, you know, his presence, you know, within the shop and the classroom, how that supports you guys? Uh, he was really a great guide through all of it. Like, just with the simple things that we needed to know, he, like, taught us well, and he made sure that we were doing everything right and we were staying safe. And he was really supportive through everything and really nice about it. Yeah, um, he taught us how to use all the machines in there. Like 99% of the kids didn't know how to use a single thing in there before he helped us out. Um, if we were messing up on our projects, he'd come over and help us. He'd show us what to do. Um, you know, he was always a helping hand. And what do you guys have to say about this type of an experience? I mean, it's a, you know, for many students, it's the first time they're maybe, like you said, like in a wood shop. You know, what, what, what the type of this, what does this experience do for you guys and, 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 and how have you enjoyed it so far? It's, it's kind of like a, it's like a development and learning and it's different and it kind of helps you interact with other people and stay social while in school, but you're also learning something at the same time. So it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I would agree. Um, this has to be one of my favorite in school projects that I've ever done. Um, you know, it involved teamwork and we got to learn a couple of new skills. It was really fun. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking time to talk about us and, you know, kind of get us behind the scenes of, of this project and did a great job describing your experiences. And I can only imagine how much more excitement you're going to get out of this class because uh, it, it only gets better as, as the year goes on. And Mr. Deach does a great job. And, and, and if you really like it, then you can jump into that project lead the way, um, you know, curriculum moving forward. But uh, yeah, just some great opportunities. So thank you guys both for uh, your artic art articulation of this project. And we really appreciate taking time to come on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right, next on the podcast this week, really excited to shift the spotlight over to our phys ed department. I have all three of our teachers here uh, at the podcast table today. I have uh, Mrs. Lucky, Mr. King, and Mr. Wyman. I want to welcome them to the podcast. Guys, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having us. So let's, we're going to hit two things. First, we're going to uh, talk about this, this past week um, in conjunction with our school psychologist and our social worker. Um, it's a little collab effort in which our phys ed staff has started their classes this week talking about task management and, and also you know, uh, prioritizing of time. And, and it's an area that we've been you know, really focusing on off and on throughout the school year to you know, make sure that our nights are well prepared and are skilled to just maximize their time out of school because as we know, you know, we our students are only here two days a week and have more time than they've ever had at home. And it's so crucial that they take advantage of that. Um, Mrs. Lucky, why don't you talk to us about, you know, the efforts uh, around this and how it, it's gone this week and, and, and having those conversations and some of the takeaways that you've had. Yeah, so we got together with the Student Success Center and we just started talking about, you know, some weaknesses that the kids had. And so they talked about uh, task management, and then we just went from there. And we've been presenting uh, the information, basically giving good resources, um, touching base on, like, what time wasters we have and times, you know, that are effective. And then we basically listed both of those and said there is a balance. Um, and then went through and just said that there's a multiple um, people in this building that are willing to help out, so the Phys Ed Department, Student Success Center, and then gave them handouts, you know, for visual um, assistance if they need that. Basically, um, 
within those have different sites that they can use, um, organizational skills, um, Google Calendar on there. There's just a variety. And Mr. Wyman, you know, talk to us about what some of the takeaways that you've had, you know, maybe some things that you've seen our students, you know, like um, how they've reacted to this information and kind of, you know, some of those like aha moments, uh, you know, that, that you've been able to see. Thanks for having us on. Proud to be here. Um, the biggest thing was the social media and the students' phones. Um, that was a huge time waster for them. And we really appreciated their honesty. We asked them how many hours a day of screen time on their phones they had. And they were very honest. Some hands were up two hours, three hours, four hours. I think our record was 12 and a half hours a day average for the week. So they recognize that it's too much. Like Coach Lucky said, you have to be able to balance. Um, that was a huge time waster for them. And, you know, that along with the social media on their phones was what was keeping them on there. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things of those time wasters. It, it was such a great activity because it put on the on the board obviously many obvious things. But you know, I think how much time is our students actually talking about those things? And that's what this really brought out was the opportunity to kind of like, okay, yeah, geez, I'm my hands up and you know, and I'm really crunching those hours of of, of the cell phone. So. Um, you know, maximizing time is, is obviously a big thing. So if you, uh, we, we, in our news, in our weekly update and in our social media, we have posted a link to this presentation and all the resources that are available. It's also available on our website. We invite all of our families to have conversations around it and, uh, you know, and really make sure that, you know, we're growing nights here that are maximizing their time. Now, Mr. King, uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit, and why don't you talk to us about, you know, being a phys ed teacher during COVID is obviously one of the most challenging things that, you know, that I think is, is in the building, because obviously most fall sports, uh, winter sports is on a pause. I mean, so we're dealing with restrictions here. Talk to us about how, you know, you guys have kind of had to adapt yourselves to, um, you know, meet the guidelines, and give our kids an experience? Well, it's been a challenge, but uh, we've been up to the task, and the kids have been great. They've been really willing to, uh, you know, sacrifice some of their time and some of their activities and really understand that we are under these strict guideline, our guidelines. Uh, I'll take you through uh, the regular day for phys ed class. Kids usually walk in, and they're sanitizing before they come in, washing their hands or using some hand sanitizer. Uh, all the equipment has been sanitized. Uh, we've been doing a lot of individualized activities, which has changed from things in the past where we've done more of like team-based PE activities. Uh, they do their activities for the day. When they're done, uh, they put everything away. We sanitize it, and they wash up and go to their on the rest of the day. And, and, and Mrs. Lucky, you know, I think the cool thing about our phys ed program is that just the participation. I mean, our, our kids come in and, and every, you know, it, it's a good environment to, to feel comfortable and, and participate. Talk about how you guys have developed that and, and how that has been successful. Yeah, so the kids are great when they come in. They're ready. They already know the expectations. They get involved. They either compete individually. They might go um, together with uh, another group and play. They might actually challenge us as PE teachers to get engaged. So <laughs> they know that we're willing to do that. So the atmosphere is really positive, uplifting. The kids are fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we move forward with that. 
And uh, Mr. Miami been able to use our facilities, you know, here, you know, you guys have been out on the tennis court, been going to Hartwood Park, been using the outside indoor. I mean, just uh, talk to us about the creativity and just how you're trying to, you know, keep it fresh for the, you know, for the nights. Yeah, we, we try to be outside as much as possible uh, with the pandemic. We've brought disc golf back. So that was a huge hit. Our kids really like that being outside. And then, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a challenge for them. We haven't done Frisbee in a couple of years. Um, went out, like you said, out on the track and start with a, with a walking walk across the America unit. And then of course we have the, the new tennis courts out back. So that's, that's huge for tennis. Uh, and now we're on to pickleball inside with the, with the weather turning a little bit, looking forward to hit the, the back Hills here near the tennis courts. Once we get some snow, we're going to do some sledding out there and possibly some snowshoeing. That's awesome. That was my next question is, is, you know, as we get into the snow, you know, getting our nights out there is going to be awesome. It's something we've never usually do is sledding. And I think that would be, <laughs> I mean, I think our kids are going to be all into that. Uh, Mr. King, what, what's going to be that first unit that when we get past this, that you can't wait to pull back out again, you know, like with no restrictions back to where we normally are? Oh man, there's so many. Uh, we do so many things I really enjoy. I'd probably say I flag football. Yeah. I miss flag football. How about you, Mrs. Lucky? I'd say basketball, getting involved with that, playing basketball, some, you know, two on two, three on three, as well as volleyball. That's fun, too. That's, that's always a big hit in there, and the kids love that. That's an extended unit because they enjoy it so much. So I think it's a toss up between the two. What do you think, Mr. Wyman? Steal the gold. Ah, yes. <laughs> Steal the gold. Love that. Volleyball is a big one, too. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say volleyball. Huge, huge volleyball, especially when we're in the homecoming pep rally is always a big hit in our, in our uh, pep rallies. The kids love doing that and challenging the, the staff as well. All right, so let's finish up the podcast with each of you guys giving us your favorite, you know, you know, we always talk about wellness. We always talk about, you know, promotion wellness. You know, what is your personal thing that you like to do to stay fit, stay active, um, get outside? You know, what what are your top things that you like to do? We'll start with you, Mrs. Lucky. Oh, that's a tough one because I love to do really anything um, and everything. I do a lot of kickboxing. I walk at night. Um, I'm up in the morning at the gym and we're lifting weights. Um, I work out online with my daughter. So there's, it's just a packed thing, yeah. So those were just a few I could touch on, but I could go on forever with it. Yeah, we, we should maybe do our own podcast of some of the, you know, the different runs that you've done, yeah. events that you've yeah. gone. I mean, yeah. uh, it, yeah. 5Ks, half marathons, full marathons. Yeah, yeah really a good, uh, <laughs> good example of health. So it's, you know, all right, Mr. King, tough to follow that. <laughs> you can't follow that. Uh, I do a lot of camping, so uh, everything has changed over the years. I tend to do a little bit more uh, kayaking when we could in the summer but uh walk the dog a lot uh elliptical and uh busy still busy coaching as much as i can with the youth kids and uh you know i try to get up and run with them as much as i can too i'm a huge fan of racket sports so tennis pickleball badminton uh are, are huge for me and it might be a little reflective in our physical education unit that we spend a little bit of time on those but those are huge and then just chasing around the kids at home whether it's obstacle courses or tag games in the backyard. Yeah, that, that's its own sport in itself, <laughs> and uh, everyone here around the table is a parent and knows uh, you know, how that just keeps you in shape itself but, and tires you down. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, I, listen, I appreciate you guys, uh, what you bring to our school and, and how you represent the school and the opportunities through this very tough time. These guys have 
really worked hard to maintain the program. The last thing I wanted to hit uh, is uh, Mrs. Lucky on the online mm -hmm. uh, feature. Talk to us about how you're reaching uh, the online platform. So yeah, so we, we push out um, a lot of information on our Google Classroom. We do videos. We always start our unit with videos. We do quizzes, you know, to check their understanding and their content. Um, we add in, you know, we're adding in the PowerPoint recently for the task management. So there's a lot of push outs in there. Um, reminders about, you know, etiquette when they're online with us. So we, we, yeah, we hit a lot of different components. Yeah, so it's not just in person. It's, it's also remote and it's, it's, it's online, Google Classroom. So, you know, Leroy P covering all angles, all bases. So yeah, social emotional. Social emotional too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're really proud of it. We appreciate you guys joining the podcast. Uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing, you know, getting the, the sledding going down out there. <laughs> cross Snow, country you, skiing. Cross country skiing. Like yeah. it's going to be real. So if you are a listener and you want to drive by and see some quality <laughs> snow action, <laughs> South Street's the place to go. So. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast, and, uh, and good luck as we get in the winter here. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thank you. All right, next up on the podcast this week, it's a pleasure to uh, bring back our uh, alumni spotlight again. And this week, we are bringing on Jordan Amo, a proud Leroy alum from the class of 2019. Uh, Jordan, welcome back uh, here to Wacka Night Country via the podcast. How's it going? Going great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hi, Knights. So why don't you uh, start off with kind of giving us, you know, what life has been, you know, since you walked across the stage here, uh, you know, some of the highlights, where you're going to school, kind of what, what you've been up to. Yeah. Um, so post-graduation, I attended um, College of Brockport for – um, about a semester and a half um, in person, and then we switched to fully remote. And in that time, I moved out to Buffalo and then did a transfer um, of schools to UB. So I've been attending UB for a semester now, and uh, I'm actually moving down to Florida this weekend. So I'll just be continuing doing my studies at UB uh, while I'm just hanging out in Florida and just going on um, a new adventure down there. But uh, yeah, so far I'm in my um, finishing up my fall semester of sophomore year and just headed into the spring semester. And you're a uh, Spanish major, and you know, talk to us about what you're what you're trying to um, you know what what you're trying to uh, go towards with you, with your degree. Yeah, so I'm a Spanish major and a social justice minor at UB. Um, so my plan is to. Um, with my degree, hopefully with a combination of both of them, I want to work for immigration in some way, um, either with immigration counseling or work in immigration court or um, a job that I've been really interested in looking at um, or, you know, something similar for an internship is working for the U.S. Embassy in a different country. Um, so, you know, either a government job or just working in immigration counseling or court. Yeah, that sounds amazing, and it's definitely right up your alley. And we'll and we'll get to your 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 travels here in a minute. But talk to us just about the you know this your experience you know in, in college. Obviously, you know the the class of twenty nineteen, class of twenty, and and then you know beyond, um, you know is experiencing college in a totally different 
um, you know, experience. And, you know, obviously going, you know, you had obviously on-campus experience um, and then have also transferred and, and then now are going to be doing attending a college from a, a totally across the country. So talk about just kind of how the college experience has just morphed, you know, in, in these last couple of years. Yeah, so when I started off at Brockport, it was completely in person. Um, I lived off campus, so I was a commuter, and I drove to Brockport every day. Um, and I loved um, being able to go on campus and see my friends and just kind of leave whenever I needed to and go back home and just kind of recharge back at my own home with my family. Um, but I think that, you know, when COVID hit and everything and we, we switched to fully remote, I think I have to be honest in that it was – it was a struggle going from, you know, being able to be with your friends and being able to go to the library and walk around on campus and sit in groups of people and um, just do group activities. Um, I think it was really, really difficult to switch to fully remote, but I think that it's taught me a lot about being an individual and pushing myself to do the work um, because, you know, with online online courses, of course, there's there's help through the university and there's resources, but you also have to really find it within yourself to um, to push yourself to get your work done because it, it is difficult to be home and take five or six classes a semester and really, really do well in those classes. But I think you'll learn a lot about yourself in um, learning how to apply yourself in order to achieve the goals in those classes, for sure. Yeah, well said. And I think it's, you know, I, I just feel for all of you guys that are currently in college, because obviously college normally is a, is just a, such a rewarding and fun and you know so many words you can put to what it's you know normally but um you know right now it's more of kind of a grind and i think that um you know those will be good skills that you guys will be applying down the road you know in your careers but hopefully uh you'll be able to you know be able to jump back into a normal college experience here at some point before you come to a close so uh so class of 2019 i mean unbelievable class you guys were and did some incredible things here uh, along the way and um, just so proud of, of, of that of that class and talk to me about you know some of your you know highlights you know as as an awaka night here some of the experiences that you did um, you know w- what are some things that, that that come to mind when I ask you that question yeah so I think one of the biggest ones um, is being able to still be in contact with some of my teachers that I had in high school, I think that that is an incredible thing about being an alumni and still, you know, is that I still have the support of my teachers that I had, even in elementary school. Um, we still get in contact every once in a while. And so I think that that is kind of a highlight that carries into today is that I'm able to still, um, you know, stay in contact with people that influenced me through elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, and, you know, I think that after high school, people often, um, lose contact with their friends and sort of move on. Um, but I think one thing that, you know, was a really big highlight for me is that I stayed in contact with, um, most of my friends from high school and it's just even better to see where they are now and just, you know, still maintain those friendships while also expanding your friendships within the school that you're going to but still having those people that keep you grounded where you're from um, and just being able to look at them and see the things that they're accomplishing in their lives too. Yeah, that, that's really special and awesome. And I think something else also that was really cool was 
what you did while here and, you know, not only being a very active student in a lot of different things, but um, some of your, as we said before, you know, punching the mileage uh, a ticket, doing some really special, cool things over, you know, overseas and, 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 and mission trips. Talk to us about how you kind of got into that and how that, uh, you know, kind of changed your, you know, your, you as a person and, and, and how you would, you know, even promote, you know, other people thinking about doing uh, a mission trip. Yeah, so I actually found out about the mission trips when I was a sophomore, headed into my sophomore year of high school. Um, and so I attended the trip for three years. We took a week down to El Salvador each year, um, and we just went and we lived with the people in the community. We stayed with them. Um, you know, we served them. We built houses. We held medical clinics, and we just talked. We just talked to them and got to know them and got to know their struggles and you know, finding out how we can make a difference in their community. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think that it really, it really did pave, you know, the path for me and what I wanted to do in life. It inspired me to be a Spanish major and it really taught me a lot about, um, you know, social justice, which is my minor as well. So I think that those trips that I did in high school, although at the time they may not have seemed like, something that would transform me for the future. It really did lead me down a path that got me to where I am today as a sophomore in college, halfway done with my studies. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so if anyone is thinking about going on a mission trip, um, I know this seems scary at first, going to a foreign country and just kind of leaving home and your comfort. Um, but I think it's the best thing that you could do. As a high schooler, I think that it impacts you greatly, and really you never know where it will take you. Yeah, I can't agree more. And I think, you know, the analogy that I always like to use with that is it really pushes you out of your comfort zone. Because, I mean, obviously walking around the hallways at a school or just walking the streets in your hometown, you know, is one thing. But to, you know, walk, you know, uh, dirt paths or to be walking into a group of, of, of people that you've never even met before that's in a totally different country, um, you know, that are struggling and, and you're there to help provide for them is just incredible. So, yeah, I just think it, it's, it's a, it was a really fun thing to see you experience that and then now see how that's impacted you. What, um, you know, what, what would be a, a favorite memory from one of those trips or, or a relationship that maybe you still have, uh, you know, from that experience? <clears throat> yeah, so I... You know, lots of the um, the locals that I met, uh, we kept in contact after I left. And I think that the the biggest reward from those trips is being able to see pictures um, of the families and of the kids and even see, like, updates on the houses that we built and see how, um, you know, the money that we raise is being used throughout the year when we're not there. I think that the biggest reward is just being able to look on Facebook and see picture updates and see post updates from people that we see, you know, once a year, but they're still, they're still being, um, they're still benefiting from, you know, the funds that we raise. And I think it's just really special to be able to look and see how it's impacting them, even when we're not physically there. So true. 
So we'll, we'll finish up our interview here with you with just some of, you know, what advice would you give? And I want to categorize your advice in two groups. One, the upper class and like our current juniors and seniors, and then just kind of our younger, you know, our, our, our younger knights, you know, in that seventh through 10th grade group, you know, kind of going what, you know, the experience you had as a knight. And then now, you know, you know, been to two colleges, you know, traveled, you know, what, what, what piece of advice would you give our, you know, those, those two groups of knights, uh, you know, sitting here in December of 2020? Yeah, so I'm going to start with the underclassmen, so 7th through, uh, through 10th grade. I think that the biggest piece of advice I can give you is really to just, of course, focus on your studies, but also get yourself involved, go, you know, join clubs, join activities. I know now it's probably difficult, but, um, you know, just get yourself involved, whether it be with a new club, with, you know, maybe people you've never hung out with before, or trying a new activity, join a band, join a new sport, Um I think the biggest piece of advice for sure is just joining a group or getting yourself involved with people that maybe you never have before. Um, those people will end up being your best friends through high school and beyond, and it'll really just help you <clears throat> meet new people and just, you know, create yourself a nice foundation to, to finish school off. And then, you know, those people will be, will be the ones that will support you post-graduation. And then I think for the, um, the upperclassmen, the, the biggest piece of advice I can give you right now in the midst of all of this um, is just when you're looking for colleges or you're preparing yourself to go into college, I think that you just shouldn't shouldn't settle for one. You know, I think you need to um, look at all of your options and consider every single option and just don't settle. That, that's all I will say is just don't settle for a school for one specific reason, I think you should just take a look at all of your options and really weigh them out and see which one would fit you best. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't agree more. You hit that out of the park. Um, but listen, Jordan, I really appreciate you taking time, and we want to wish you luck on your on your move down to Florida and enjoy the sunny skies of winter down there. Um, you know, and please, you know, be, keep, you know, we've had a pretty mild winter here so far, but, you know, keep us, uh, keep us in your thoughts and send good sun, sunny skies back up here North. And, uh, we're just so proud of the journey you've been on and the things that you've done in your career. And want to uh, thank you for taking time to be on our alumni spotlight this week. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We'll finish up the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. This week, I'm going to pick our uh, fun post on December 8th of the How It Started, How It's Going uh, uh, theme that uh, has been uh, exploding over Twitter over the last month. And it's just a fun way to you know kind of do some throwbacks and, and have some fun. And we, uh, we highlighted uh, junior Zach Vanderhoof from his seventh grade look to his current um, permed hair look as a junior. And uh, we look forward to kind of doing some more of these and having some fun with, with our nights. Uh, they're always open to, you know, having some fun uh, on our social media accounts. And uh, we have many more nights that uh, we're looking to target here that have made some major uh, changes over the years. And, you know, I just, if you haven't noticed, long hair 
uh, is back at the high school level. We have a lot of a lot of guys uh, rocking some mullets around here, so it's kind of fun being a, a, a guy that went to high school in the '90s. Uh, that hair, you know, was definitely in then, and seems to be right back in now. So uh, some flashbacks to my high school days, uh, walking the hallways here in a whack at night country. So make sure to check us all out on social media any day of the week. Uh, you're up and close look at our school, and we look forward to continuing to have your support. I want to thank everyone for tuning in uh, this week to our podcast, and we'll be back here next week before we go into winter break. So uh, get right back here uh, next week. Thanks for all your support, and thanks for listening to Awakenai Country.